to Explosive, episode number 41 of This Week in Marvel, the official Marvel podcast of all things news, Marvel, action, adventure, explosions, and slapping ourselves in the faces. Those were gun blasts, if you didn't know. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M, Executive Editorial Director for Marvel's Digital Media Group, joined by... What up? I'm Ben Morse, Associate Editor of Marvel.com. In the house with me today is... Associate Producer Blake Garris, joined by... Blake's intern, Kristen Maldonado. Blake's intern? That's her title. No, it's not. Who do you officially report to? I guess, web editorial, the whole department. You don't report to Blake. Blake's not allowed to have interns yet. Oh, well, it's that incident. My... You just, you just. Whoa. It says it on my. He's your host. Okay, hosted by <laughs> Blake Garrett. Good recovery. Excellent, excellent. All right, today's a day. It's gonna be something. Here We're gonna is. dive right into this episode. But first, before we dive. We're going to let you know that this podcast is going to talk about all the Marvel news, all the Marvel comics, whether they be digital or print, and then we're going to get to your questions and comments. If you have a question or comment about either Marvel or the podcast, you can tweet them to us using the hashtag ThisWeekInMarvel, and we'll touch on it in a future podcast. And we're taping this day early on Tuesday, because Ryan's got to go down to Louisiana. I'm going to hang out with Gambit and my family. And together. Yeah. All so together. Hopefully he won't steal everything from my in-law's house. He does that. He's a thief. So if anything crazy happens on Wednesday, we apologize. Like if, you know, Captain America becomes Iron Man tomorrow. Spoiler! Ah, jeez, we didn't know. We didn't cover it. If, if we are not aware. Let's get to the comics. Yes. You start us off. Starting <laughs> off with Avengers Assemble number six. This was an issue by Brian Michael Bendis and Mark Bagley. This was a great issue. I really enjoyed this comic. I've really liked ever since Thanos and the Guardians of the Galaxy got infused into this comic after a few issues. I am digging it the most. What you've got here is Thanos has the Cosmic Cube. He has left Earth, and now the Avengers are hurtling through space alongside the Guardians of the Galaxy, trying to track him down so they can stop him before he's going to do whatever he's going to do. In this issue, we get Maria Hill briefing all the other Avengers, so you know, kind of get the movie team taking spotlight in this story, and you're wondering, hey, where are the other 85 Avengers like Spider-Man and Wolverine and all the others? We find out what they're up to. We find out why. They're not along for the ride here, and we get some cool interplay between the core Avengers, particularly Iron Man, as well as Hulk. He's not really an Avenger, but, you know, he's helping out with this mission. They have some fun little banter, and then we cut straight to space where Thanos is being straight-up menacing. He has recruited, forcibly, the Badoon to be his foot soldiers in his little mission, which leads to the Avengers and the Guardians of the Galaxy taking on the Badoon as they try to get closer to Thanos. It's an awesome fight. We once again get inside the characters of the Guardians of the Galaxy, whom I love and who Brian Bendis is doing a great job with. He's really capturing what made these guys fun, what made them just high adventure from the Dan Ebnett and Andy Lanning run. And Mark Bagley's art is beautiful. We get a very cool plan by Iron Man, which doesn't necessarily go right, and we get to see why Guardians of the Galaxy and the Avengers are very different in terms of how their teams function, how that's not always the best thing. So many cool character moments in this. Beautiful looking book. 
The inks by Danny Meeky are perfect. The colors by Paul Mounts are beautiful. It's a gorgeous book, top to bottom. The dialogue is fantastic. The action is fantastic. It, it's a complete package as far as comics. So, really enjoying this Guardians of the Galaxy, Thanos, Cosmic Craziness, Arc of Avengers Assemble. I think you will too. You called it the complete package. Would you say it's the total package, like Lex Luger? No, it's the complete package. I know, I'm just having some fun. All right, <laughs> off to Captain America, number 16, by Ed Brubaker and Colin Bunn, art by Scott Eaton. It's part two of New World Orders, where these crazy evil dudes called the Discordians are just rampaging through DC. Captain America and S.H.I.E.L.D. have to fight back. Lots of cool action there. I think my favorite part of this issue was the relationships between Dum Dum Dugan and Sharon Carter and Falcon. There's a real Really great interplay with the three of them as they go off tackling another lead, trying to bring everything together and help Cap in his battle. It's a lot of fun. Scott Eaton is just killing it on this run. Really great work here uh, as we're winding down with some Captain America stuff. We know it's coming up for Marvel now, but it's cool to see this kind of come to a head. And if that wasn't enough Colin Bunn writing Captain America for you this week, you're in luck. Because over in Captain America and Iron Man number 635, it's written by Colin Bunn. We've got art by Barry Kitson doing some great, great work. We've got the conclusion to a team-up between these two iconic Avengers. They have been overcome by a tech swarm that has consumed Iron Man's armor. So it's up to Iron Man in this makeshift budget armor which I love. It looks like he just found stuff lying around the house and made a super high-tech armor out of it, which he essentially did. Cap, trying to hold his own. They're fighting MODOK. They're fighting Batrock. They're fighting Batrock's Brigade. It's all Marvel's greatest villains in one place at one time. And it's just a big old fight issue as Iron Man and Cap try to battle these baddies and Iron Man also trying to find a way out of this situation, trying to hold off this tech swarm that's going to consume all tech on Earth. We had some resolution and some stuff Colin's been building up. We had some great back and forth between Cap and Iron Man. I particularly love how Cullen dialogues Iron Man. I would love to see him do some more Iron Man in the future. And Barry Kitson, great artist, really smooth, really good with the tech stuff, really good with the fight stuff, and, you know, what more can you ask for? Daredevil Annual number 1 is a follow-up to what we saw a few weeks ago with the Fantastic Four Annual. We got Alan Davis, one of my favorite artists, taking on writing as well, bringing his characters clandestine back into the Marvel Universe. In this case, we've got a nod to old Daredevil continuity, which I'm not quite familiar with, but basically a robot, which Daredevil has fought in the past, has been possessed by Vincent, one of the clandestine, who is dead, and some of his relatives are trying to bring the robot into line. Daredevil gets hooked up into the mix. You get kind of introduced to the weird, wacky, woolly world of the clandestine. You get a sense of them, get a sense of their powers. They're very unique. The design's unique. But you also get to see Alan Davis draw on Daredevil, which is the real draw for this. And it's a departure from the Daredevil we've kind of gotten used to in the last couple of years with Marcos Martin and Paulo Rivera and those guys, how they have established Daredevil. If you want to look for a different take on Daredevil, how he moves, how his powers work, stuff like that, you get it here. You get a cool story to boot here in Daredevil Annual number one. All right, guys. Kids, look away. Cover your ears. Look away. Come back when Blake has his all-ages corner in a bit. Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe, number two by 
Colin Bond. Man, he's everywhere. This he week. is everywhere. Ubiquitous. Art by Dalibor Talajik with great colors by Lee Lowridge. It's gross. It's disgusting. It's violent. It's amazing. I loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. It is, we talked about it a little bit last week. It's very much like a what if in, in the sense that just everybody dies. And seeing how. It's right there in the title. Yeah, no, right there. Marvel Deadpool Universe dies at the Kills hands of the Deadpool. Marvel Universe. In this one, you've got Deadpool versus Spider Man. You've got a bunch of little cameos from other people. Deadpool is killed right off the bat. Deadpool versus the Avengers. How he takes down Thor. How he takes down Wolverine. How he takes down Ant Man and Hulk. I mean, it's it's intense. But it, you get a couple hints as to what the real story is here, where things are going, why things are happening the way they are, and then also what Deadpool will be up against by some of the people who the heroes he's killed have left behind. So a lot of cool stuff going on here. Love this series. In Fantastic Four number 609, we've got a cool look back at some characters that were introduced in Fantastic Four by Mark Miller and Brian Hitch a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. Very cool way that Jonathan Hickman and artist Ryan Stegman, who's just joined the book, have brought their story really to a closure. We'll see. You never know with, with comics. But it brings these characters who are the defenders of tomorrow. They're from the future. Psionics, the Hooded Man, Natalie X, Alex Ultron, Lightwave, and Banner Jr. You know, there was a really cool story. We won't recap that a lot, but how those characters get brought back into the fold and where, you know, Reed and the Fantastic Four can help them find what they are looking for. It's really cool. There's great visuals in here by Stegman. He really gets to draw some stuff that he hasn't had a lot of chance to draw before. Very big, very cinematic. Very, there's a lot of cosmic stuff. There's a lot of cool tech in here. A lot of fun stuff. You see him really stretch his pencil legs on. Very cool. Just want to see more. Straight from the bayou, the swamps, Blake's hometown, we've got Gambit number one, written by James Asmus, art by Clay Mann, with inks by Seth Mann, might be some relation, and colors by Rachel Rosenberg. We've got Gambit. Remy LeBeau striking out on his own and what James Asmus promised, it's basically it's a heist book. If you like stuff like Ocean's Eleven, if you like anything that has to do with thievery capers, that sort of thing. Teeves, you got to call them Teeves. Thievery you got Gambit basically saying, you know what, I spent a lot of the time with the X-Men kind of analyzing himself, being like, you know, I've done the whole superhero thing. Let's take a little break. Let's take a little vacation and uh, go back to my roots. So he cases a joint. He finds a bad dude, and he's like, all right, pulls his Robin Hood act with an eye and decides, all right, this guy's okay to steal from. I'm going to have a little fun. So this issue's about Gambit gratiating himself, using his natural abilities, his powers to some degree, but really more of his teething abilities to get inside this place, to use the people around him, use his environment, and pull off a heist. A heist that may have some consequences for him in the future. Really, this though, it's an introduction to the Gambit character. If you don't know him, if you know him and have kind of forgotten about him, this is why people dig this character. He's multi-layered, he's charming, he's got these natural abilities, he can use them for good, he can use them for evil, and he's very self-reflective, which I like. James Asmus really uses his narration, his internal dialogue to show you that Gambit's not just a dude who's, you know, saying mon chéri all the time. He actually thinks about stuff, and he thinks a lot about himself, how he defines himself, how the groups around him define himself, how his profession defines him. So it's a very introspective look at Gambit, but it's also just, you know, it's just fun. It's just him blowing stuff up and stealing stuff and lying. 
lying to people. So, good introduction to this series. Looking forward to see what's coming next. I am a famed hater of the Gambit. Infamous. I, I don't like the character very much, but I enjoyed the story that James Asmuth has going on. I liked the dialogue and everything. I, I'm buying into this wow. series, so, you know. Congratulations, James Asmus. You've done all you needed to do. We'll see. We'll see. All right, Incredible Hulk number 12, written by Jason Aaron, with amazing art by Carlos Pacheco, Roger Bonet, and amazing colors by Frank Martin. Fifth part of Stay Angry. In this one, you've got Thing and Wolverine going to take down Hulk, who's been on a rampage. He's been all over the world, all these different places, doing really what seems like awful things to all Outside of the world, he was in space. He was in space. Uh, Bears. Russian bears. Oh, yeah. He's been all over the place, and because of Banner and his machinations, he's been doing some really awful things, and Wolverine and Thing, who are two of... Hulk's most infamous and most reliable punching partners, they go to take him down. Hulk is in a prison in the Antarctic, and Wolverine and Thing just really go to kick his ass. But it doesn't really work out that well he's, for them. Because he's the Hulk. He's the Hulk. Yeah. You don't really want to fight with them that much. Thing and Wolverine luck out here and there, mm. but you never see them get a clean victory against Hulk. Things don't go well. And this fight is brutal. There's a part where Hulk punches things so hard he knocks off part of things' face, then takes the rocky parts of things' face, crushes them, blows the thing face dust into the air, getting it in Wolverine and Thing's eyes, and then from there it just spills out into... impossible to get Thing-Face dust out of your eyes. Yeah, we know. We know. Yeah. It's a nightmare. But it's great, big fight issue, really funny parts with the monsters who are in this prison. This prison has been around for like a hundred years. There's a whole thing that you could do, that Jason Aaron could do. He built this great little mythology right here, and he's probably just tucking it away for a, a rainy day when he wants to use it again. So terrific. Great, great issue, and then it ends with Hulk versus Hulk basically figuring out that He's up against Banner and and seeing what is at stake in the next issue. Incredible Hulk, rest in peace, question mark. We'll see. Now it is time, once again, for everyone's favorite or second favorite or third favorite segment, Blake Garris' All Ages Corner. Take it away, Blake. Hello, children. Welcome to the All Ages Corner. Today we have... Marvel Universe Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes number 5 written by Chris Yost and Howard Chalkin that's two stories kids and there's art too Ramon Box and Todd Nock this is a great story kids we have the Serpent Society and there's alright I'm back (laughs) we have the Serpent I can't do this all day we have the Serpent Society And there's Viper, and she brings a regenerating five-headed snake demon to fight the Avengers. Set. What? Right? Set is the name of the creature, yeah. Oh, Set. He thought you were saying, like, Set. He was like, bump. (laughs) It's a volleyball reference. Olympics, Olympics. All right, so Set attacks Viper. So now Viper's like, hey... This is sucky. Then Set attacks the entire Serpent Society. You can't use words like sucky in the All Ages Corner. 
that's a good tip for kids. So they try to cut off Set's head, and then it grows back. And so that keeps happening. So then Captain America puts on Viper's crown. Serpent crown. Serpent crown, yes. Mm -hmm. And things happen. Don't want to ruin it. And then the next, there's a White Tiger Fury file, which is cool. And then the next story is Porcupine takes hostage of the people who are at the Met, the museum, art, kids. And then he lets them all go. And then he just wants to steal the art. But then there's a twist, and Batrock, everybody's favorite villain, comes in. Batrock versus Porcupine. Mm -hmm. Villain fight of 2012. And Batrock takes his glove off and slaps Porcupine. And then Captain America comes in, and then he fights them, and I don't want to ruin that either. I will ruin, though. Don't eat broccoli, kids. <laughs> What's wrong with broccoli? On the subway, they said it could be more oh. fattening than Coca-Cola. So no, that drink. is not what it said. I read that subway sign. It said that the calories that are in broccoli could be more something or other than the calories that are in soda. I don't believe hey, that. Hey, hey, this is Blake's all ages. Cool. Sorry. Let's let, let's Sorry. let finish up. Drink. Don't listen to the adults. Drink a lot of Coke, <laughs> a cola, and don't eat broccoli. <laughs> Thank you, Blake. This has been Blake's All Ages Corner. Don't seriously think about continuing that segment. Yeah, may or may not happen. All right. Over at Mighty Thor number 18, we've got the prologue issue to Everything Burns, the crossover between Mighty Thor and Journey into Mystery. And this is great because first issue, written by Matt Fraction, but art by Alan Davis, thanks by Mark Farmer, and just great colors by Javier Rodriguez. One other thing I always love about... Alan Davis's art is when it's colored green. There's something about green Alan Davis art that just blows me away. It just looks so cool. I don't know why. It just does. But in this, you've got some crazy stuff happening. Thor is all burned up and hurt. Loki's trying to figure out what's going on. Freya is having these weird dreams, which brings back some memories that really sets the stage for a lot of what I would assume is going to be going on. How she became married to Odin. You've got Surtur. You've got these elves. You've got all kinds of back dealings and all kinds of crazy Asgardian stuff and that leads to the kind of nice. I did crazy Asgardian stuff think, yes. about it. think about what you said yeah think about it never and that leads to present day and some crazy stuff in Valhalla that we'll see everything burns you better believe it I'm really excited for this crossover yeah it's gonna, it's gonna be great slam bang bam slang New Avengers number 29 by Brian Michael Bendis and Mike Diodato. It's an Avengers vs. X-Men tie-in. It's a reunion of the Illuminati. This is a very dialogue-heavy issue, but Bendis does that very well. He does a great job here. We get the Illuminati as they are now, which, as you may recall from the second arc of Bendis' current Avengers run, Captain America has joined the Illuminati. Black Bolt's God knows where. But this is kind of Captain America, Professor X, Iron Man, Mr. Fantastic, and Doctor Strange trying to see if they can get Namor. This is before Namor was depowered. See if they can get him to meet up with them to try and reason with him and try to halt this Avengers versus X-Men thing. Captain America, because he has this bond with Namor, believes that he can talk Namor down. The rest of the guys don't really believe Namor's going to show up. 
I'm not going to say whether or not Namor does show up, but in the meantime, the guys who are there get to talking, and we get some pretty strong opinions, whether it's Professor X taking responsibility for what's going on with Cyclops and also kind of lashing out against his fellow Illuminati about the treatment of mutants and how they have always treated him, Tony Stark getting frustrated and expressing it in the only way he knows how, which is basically just being obnoxious, and the real interesting thing for me here, the real highlight of the issue is, you know, Mr. Fantastic has not been involved in Avengers X-Men. He's a member of the FF, he's kind of on the sidelines, but yet his take on Avengers vs. X-Men, and it is not necessarily what you'd expect. It's very reasoned, as you would expect, but the side he comes down on Let's just say it's very interesting. I recommend this issue just to get some additional insight into some of the smartest, most drawn-out characters in the Marvel Universe. And also there's that tension. Is Namor going to show up? Will his bond to Captain America mean anything? A lot of big stuff happening in this issue of New Avengers. I really love the whole Doctor gag that runs through the there issue. There is a Doctor gag that is very funny. It's very, very, very funny. funny. All right. Over in Scarlet Spider number 8 by Chris Yost, Koi Fam, great colors by Edgar Delgado and Antonio Fabela. We've got Scarlet Spider, Kane, going up against the Texas Rangers. Is that what they're called? Or just the Rangers? Just the Rangers. The Rangers. They represent Texas, so I think that'd be accurate. A Firebird, Living Lightning, 51, Texas Twister, Shooting Star, and Red Wolf. The heroes that you know and love Right. The heroes Texas deserves. Yes. You've got Kane throwing one of them out a window. Really terrific. You've got a super creepy robot that sort of looks like a Doctor Who character. You've got Kane telling the woman he's saving to shut up multiple times. Kane is becoming my favorite he's character more and more every month. The best. He's the superhero we need. Oh my goodness. I love this book. The Rangers really get pissed off at Kane and they go to they don't like Roxon. Obviously, because no, one, no does. one does. Roxxon is a dirty, Terrible. dirty company. But they don't like Kane because they think he's a bad, no good Nick, as you will. And when they finally figure out what's going on, things take a turn for the worse for all our heroes. And there's a great final line from Kane at the end of the issue. I love this series so much. Yeah, it's, it's, so it's a lot of fun. Elsewhere in the Spider-Verse, we've got Sensational Spider-Man number 33.1 by classic Spider-Man writer Tom DeFalco, art by Carlo Barberi. This is a special issue helping to celebrate Spider-Man's 50th anniversary. A little kick in nostalgia, a uh, old-school-style story told in the modern day. Focuses in on Carly Cooper, Spider-Man's ex-girlfriend, although this takes place a little while in the past. It's actually before she started dating Peter Parker. She is investigating a case that involves some crime lords from across the Atlantic and it also involves possibly some police corruption but most of all it involves the vulture not Adrian Toomes but the gross got killed by the Punisher cannibalistic vulture so with those weird face flaps weird got that Blake this is told from Carly Cooper's point of view kind of how she sees Spider-Man how she sees villains how a New York police officer views what's going on around them. We get some great Spidey stuff. The art by Carlo Barberi was really tight. I really enjoyed that. But this is part one of a two-part story. We're going to have the next part next week. But if you're looking for some good old-fashioned Spidey fun and you want to help celebrate Spidey's 50th anniversary, Sensational Spider-Man number 33.1, the issue for you. Over in Space Punisher, number two of the slam-bang, amazing story by Frank Thierry and Mark Tixiera. Seriously, you guys? I love this series. It is fantastic. And I say that 
with a little bit of hesitation because it's written by Frank Thierry, right. our friend, but also Scourge. someone we like to give a lot of grief to. Scourge of the Marvel offices. And he just is... The two of them, Frank and Mark, are destroying on this series. So good. I was reading this, I think... Over the weekend, and I got towards the end, and there's some stuff that happens that made me curse out loud, and it was terrific. It's violent as all get out. It's great to see the twist that they give to all the heroes and the villains that they plop into the series, but really, there's some crazy stuff happening in this issue. I don't want to spoil any of it. Go pick it up. It is so good. Flip the script a little bit. We're going to Spider-Man number four. This is a super-duper amazing talky-talky issue. One of my favorites that Bendis has written in a very long time. It is terrific. You've got Spider-Man from the you know normal Marvel Universe. He's trapped over in the Ultimate Universe. You know, Mysterio, all this other stuff. Really, this issue is about... Peter meeting Aunt May and Gwen Stacy and hanging out with Miles Morales and them talking about everything. And it hit me. It was so good. I don't even understand. Sarah Bakelli's art, just freaking incredible. This was one of... I just... Ugh, this is one of those, I want to wrap it up and I want to set it on fire and then slap Blake across his face with the issues. Poor Blake. It's really good. Poor Blake. Suffering for good cause. No, not poor Blake. Never poor Blake. Never. Alright, listen, we've also got Venom number 22, which is Rick Remender's final issue on the series. Illustrated by Declan Shalvey, and this one, you won't be sitting down when you read this. I mean, you sit down when you read most comics, but... I read them up, standing up on the subway a lot. How about that? There you go. Flipping hmm. the script. But seriously, Venom number 22 is... It packs a punch. It packs 30 punches. Rick goes out on the kind of gut-busting, emotional note we know he's capable of. We've talked about how, in the past, how Rick just puts characters through hell, but the more he puts them through hell, you can tell the more he cares about them. You read this issue of Venom, and you can tell how much Rick Remender has really gotten to know and care about the character of Flash Thompson. In the aftermath of the Savage Six storyline, Venom is tracking down his arch-enemy, Jack O'Lantern, the only guy who's still out there, and as he's tracking him down, Flash Thompson's getting introspective. He's looking back at his relationship with his father. He's looking back at his childhood. He's looking back at everything that brought him to the point he's at today, where he is this tortured, messed up character. For years in Spider-Man, he was the bully. He was the alcoholic. He had all these problems. As Venom, he's finally a superhero, and he is fulfilling his lifelong dream and just screwing up left and right. We had so much background on why Flash Thompson's the way he is, why Venom is the way he is. Along the way, we get a parallel between him and Jack-O-Lantern, and there's some pretty insane, violent, terrible action as he finally finds Jack-O-Lantern, and something horrific happens. Uh, it's just... If you read this issue and are not invested in the Flash Thompson character, I don't understand you. Rick Remender just peels away and just makes this guy the most fascinating, most multifaceted, just tortured, but, God, you want him to succeed character on the face of the planet. And Declan Shalvey, man, this guy, man, born to draw Venom. Just the way he takes these dark images and, you know, uses the white on Venom's costume to create contrast. The violence between him and Jack-O-Lantern, the way he makes it just pop and become really disturbing. It's really something. And 
I should also shout out at the end of the issue, Rick Remender, rather than a letters column, he writes a full one-page kind of goodbye to the character that he helps bring back. It's very frank. It's very honest. He talks about the expectations for the series, how they didn't expect it to last more than six issues. It's made it 22 under his guidance, and it's going to be continuing on under Cullen Bunn. But, man, just like this is the type of issue that just reached out and grabbed me because I could tell how much work was put into it and how much care was put into it. And even if you haven't been reading the series to date, just sample this, and then I think you're going to want to go back and read the rest. It's a great, great comic. Yeah. Seriously. All of what Ben said. Usually I disagree with him on everything that he does. Yes. That was true. All right, over in Wolverine number 311, Jeff Loeb, Simone Bianchi, Amazing Colors by Simone Peruzzi, Jason Keith, Maury Hollowell, and Guru FX. You've got the reason, the explanation, how Sabretooth is alive and what's going on. And then you've got dozens of Sabretooths. It's awesome. It's bloody and violent as all get out. And Wolverine is just slightly and Dyson and setting them on fire and then he meets up with his crazy redhead with a sword. This lady cuts him in two. It's a whole lot of fun. There's a lot of crazy antics going on in this issue. Amazing panel layouts by Simone. You get the, I wouldn't say the explanation for everything, but the continuation and elaboration. Is that a word? Elaboration? Yeah, I'm going to say it is. It is. On the myths of Romulus and how he fits into Wolverine's life and how this new character fits into Wolverine's life so really cool can't wait to see where they go with this finally x-men legacy number 271 written by christos gage art by rafa sandoval we have got rogue who discovered the limbo prison that magic was using in avengers x-men so magic said you know what rogue we don't really want you running and telling the other x-men about this go to another planet Goodbye. so now this is the story of rogue on another planet where she is suddenly dropped into this war between two cultures, between two alien races. She's trying to win the trust of one race. She's using Miss Marvel's powers, which she borrowed, but uh-oh, they're on a timer. They're going to run tick-tock, out. TikTok. So basically it's Rogue frantically trying to find a way home, trying to help people, trying to do whatever she can to survive and thrive in the limited amount of time she has. She's got to use her wits. She's got to use her power. She's got to use her charisma. And, you know, it's just Rogue on a planet she never knew, trying to do the best she can. Great art by Rafa Sandoval and high adventure of the highest caliber. All right, time to pick a twim of the week. Ben, what do you got? I'm going to give a triple shout-out to the Bendis books this week because I think Avengers Assemble number 6, New Avengers number 29, and Spider-Man were all stellar and all written by Brian Michael Mendes, but no question, you know, you just heard what I said about it. I think Venom number 22 is far and away my twim of the week. Very cool. I think I would go with Spider-Man number 4 as my solo twim of the week this week, although big shout-out to all the Bendis books. And special mention to Captain America and Iron Man number 635 because, like I said last week or the week before, whenever we talked about the first part of that story, Colin just kills with that dialogue and that relationship between Cap and Tony and makes it very accessible but very relatable and loved it. Loved it. Blake, what do you got? Aspiring children's TV show host, Blake Garris. This will change things. I would go with Spider-Man or Space Punisher, but I love being miserable. And Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe made me so miserable that I just had to read it. And I love it. And I'm waiting for more. 
Well, you're going to get more next week. I already yeah. read that one, too. And it's awesome. <laughs> Blake, save some suspense, man. Don't give away the milk for free when you got the cow. I don't know. That's one of your country spun yeah. <laughs> Kristen, finish us off. A thousand percent Avengers Assemble and Spider-Man number four. I've been waiting and waiting and waiting for Spider-Man number four, so I can't wait to read it. So nice. is that 500% to one and 500% to the other? Yes. It's an even split? Nice. Yes. Very cool. I'm very excited for them. All right. Over to collections on sale. Thanks to Max Beckman for the list of new collections on sale this week. We've got Astonishing X-Men, Children of Brood, trade paperback. Dokken, Dark Wolverine, Pride Comes Before Fall, trade paperback. Marvel Masterworks, Defenders, Volume 3, hardcover. Scarlet Spider, Life After Death, hardcover. Spider-Man, Next Chapter, trade paperback. And X-Factor, Super Unnatural, trade paperback. I'm going to keep pushing Doc and Dark Wolverine. I want everyone to read that series, but I'm going to give my official tomb of the week this week to Scarlet Spider, Life After Death. Great launch for a great series, and my new favorite character, Kane. Ditto. I don't know if you guys know this, but I love being miserable. Yeah, no, you mentioned uh, that. Doc and Dark Wolverine as well. Okay. It's a dark book. You know, yeah, it's, it's right there in the title. It's right in the title. I'm going to go with Spider-Man next chapter. Yeah? Do you have any idea what that is? No, but I'm interested <laughs> in reading it. I mean, I haven't read any of these, and I like Spider-Man, so why not pick Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Available on the Marvel Comics app this week is every book we just talked about with the exception of... Marvel Universe, Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes number five. That is not on the app, but everything else is available on the app. Additionally, we've got Chaos War Alpha Flight number one, Chaos War Ares number one, Chaos War Chaos King number one, Chaos War God Squad number one, all four issues of Deadpool Pulp, Incredible Hercules issues 126 through 131, and Namor the First Mutant issues number five through 11. Also in digital collections on the Marvel Comics app, We've got Daredevil by Mark Wade, Volume 1, Invincible Iron Man, Volume 6, Stark Resilient, Book 2, Mighty Avengers, Earth's Mightiest, Ultimate X-Men, Volume 6, Return of the King, the very rare early Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale collaboration, Wolverine Gambit Victims, and X-Men Deadly Genesis. I love the Marvel app for collections because every week they could put out awesome, awesome stuff that hasn't been put out yet, and it's terrific. All right, over on Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited. We've got so many books for you guys, I don't even understand. First up, we've got X-Factor, number 229 and 230. We've got Iron Man 2.0, number 7.1. A lot of points in there. We've got Hulk, number 48, from the current series. We've got Punisher, number 8, from the current series. Also, X-Factor, number 231. Then, Thor, Heaven and Earth, numbers 1 through 3. Alpha Flight, number .1, from the most recent series. Wolverine, number 17 through 20, from the recent series. And then X-23, 12 through 20, from her last series. Her only ongoing series. Yeah, but she had, I guess... She had limited series. Yeah. And never went to 12. All the way to 20 this time. Yeah. It's good stuff. All right, let's kick it over to Stromy to tell us about new movies, video games, all the kind of fun stuff available this week. Stromy, take it away. Why, hello there. This week in Marvelites, this is Marvel.com. Assistant editor Mark Strom coming to you from a very hot Los Angeles. is quite searing, and my Midwestern Scandinavian 
Minnesotan skin cannot take all the sun and all the heat, and I look like a giant fried lobster right now. But that is neither here nor there. We are not here to talk about my bright red fried lobster Scandinavian skin. We are here to talk about what's going on this week in Marvel. We have no new episodes of... Ultimate Spider-Man or the Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes this week, but we will have some new episodes next week. But in video game news, we've got some awesome stuff going on in Marvel Avengers Alliance, including a new character, Rogue, who is now available, as well as a new costume for Mr. Fantastic. He's decked out in his awesome white FF uniform from Jonathan Hickman's run on the title. In addition to all that, Avengers Alliance has also updated their PvP system. It's pretty significant, actually, and it's pretty awesome. First up, we've got Rolling Ladders is one of the changes, meaning that PvP will be broken into a series of seasons. And at the beginning of each season, players get a fresh start so that everyone comes in with the same rating and they start competing on brand new leaderboard. Now, your lifetime statistics will still be viewable but they will not be a factor in the leaderboard. So you can still check all that, everything you've done, it doesn't go away. It just gives everyone a chance to compete on the same level, whether you've been playing forever or you're just coming in. It gives everyone an opportunity to really engage on the same level. And uh, I think it'll make for some very interesting uh, playing. We've also got practice matches which you can now do and basically what this is is that uh, at any time players can do these practice matches to test their strike team and see how they'll fare against a variety of opponents these do not cost challenge points they don't provide any xp or any item drops anything like that and they don't factor into your rating at all however they do give you a chance to just sort of test out some new things without really any consequences so if you want to take a risk and maybe try something out but you don't want to risk losing a big match and potentially affecting your ranking then you can try it out see if it works if it doesn't that's cool. If it does, then you can take that and try it in an actual match. We'll also be giving you daily bonus XP, which is up to five times a day. If you play in a ranked match in PvP, you get a large bonus to the XP received, which is roughly the equivalent of the amount of XP you'd get for completing a boss fight in the actual game itself. And we'll also be bringing you battle reports, which is where you can uh, click through and you can see a full list of all your recent PvP activity, including matches that you've initiated, challenges you've accepted or received, all that type of stuff. It tracks your wins, your losses, changes to your rating. We've also got a new landing page that 
you'll see once you first go into B PvP, it's pretty massive overhaul, but it's pretty cool. Go into Avengers Alliance, give you a shot. Of course, if you aren't playing Avengers Alliance, there's something wrong with that. You really should. It's on Facebook. You just go type in uh, Avengers Alliance into your Facebook search, and you'll be able to find it that way. It's a ton of fun. It's greatly addicting. And, yeah, we've also got Special Operation 2 still going on for probably another two weeks, I believe. And this is Long Live the Queen. You face off against the Hellfire Club. You have a chance to win Emma Frost as a playable character at the end of y'all. And that pretty much covers everything in the world of Avengers Alliance. So I'll shoot you back to the gang in New York, and I will be back shortly with some movies and game news. Oh my goodness. Can you believe what Stromy just said? It was outrageous. Stromy, you are too hot for TV. Sensational. Like Spider-Man. Alright, we're going to kick it over to Ben now for some Marvel news. Okay, it's all about Marvel now this week. We released a bunch of teasers last week and we followed up this week with Q&As. Here's what we've got so far as of Thursday when this is going to go up. We spoke to Kieran Gillen about the new Iron Man series he's going to be writing that Greg Land is going to be drawing. We spoke to both writer Jason Aaron and artist Isad Rabik about Thor, God of Thunder. Looks gorgeous. We talked to Mark Wade, who is writing, and Lionel Yu, who is drawing the new Indestructible Hulk series, which will be a very different take on Hulk. And finally, today, either before or after this podcast, you will hear from comedians Brian Posehn and Jerry Duggan, awesome. who are writing Deadpool, along with the great Tony Moore on art. We've got four more that we're going to be revealing tomorrow, Friday. So it's all going to keep coming. We also had Q&As with Brian Bendis about all new X-Men, with Jonathan Hickman about Avengers. We are covering Marvel now like crazy, and this is just the tip of the iceberg, so stay tuned. Ben, is there one simple URL where fans can find all their Marvel Now news? Indeed there is, Ryan. You can go to marvel.com backslash Marvel Now. Forward slash Marvel Now. Marvel.com backslash Marvel Now. Forward slash Marvel Now. Marvel.com slash Marvel Now. There you go. That works. Blake, why don't you give us a whole section of news from your end of the world? Okay. So, Diamond Select has new Minimates, but this time they're Marvel versus Capcom Minimates. So they have Captain America and Ryu, or Re... Oh, it's sorry. Actually, we had a big conversation big on, on Twitter. It's Ru. Ru. Essentially, yeah. it's Ru. Captain America and that guy. <laughs> She-Hulk and Chung-Li. Dr. Doom and Albert Wesker. Not familiar with him. But there's pictures of him on Marvel.com. And X-23 and Felicia. So you can see all the Minimates. They're really cool. I thought you were going to say something. No, I'm just moving my hand around, man. Jeez. I like how you say Minimates. It's like how Stromy says episode instead of episode. Rue. <laughs> Alright. Rue. More from Diamond Select. It's their 10th anniversary of their Marvel Select figure line. And to celebrate that, there's a contest where they're going to let one person win every figure that they have in their office. Every single one? Just the ones that are in their office. Every single one in their office? Yeah. Wow. That's 21 figures, Ben. That's crazy. Hot dog. How are they going to design their office? They'll make new ones. Okay. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to upset you. Okay. So... I did. Oh... What figures were that, Ben, you ask? Let me tell you. So, they have a War Machine figure signed by Don Cheadle. What? Yep, he played War Machine. That's a little factoid. Not only did he play War Machine, he plays War Machine in 
Iron Man 3. He was also in Golden Palace, which is a spinoff of Golden Girls. Okay, and Not then wrong. the winner also will get an unpainted green goblin prototype with a glider. And then a rare out-of-package unmasked Deadpool variant figure. But then a new Ultron Select figure plus the other figures. How do you win, you ask, Ben? Thanks for that. Okay, so all you have to do is wish Marvel Select a happy anniversary on Facebook, Google+, YouTube, Pinterest, or Twitter. And then send the link to collectdst at gmail.com by August 17th. If you want to see it again, just go to marvel.com. All the info's there. Yeah, go to marvel.com slash news slash toys to get that information. And then there's another contest. Okay, now there's a contest called Make My Marvel Mighty Design Challenge, which fans can send in their design for an Avengers-inspired T-shirt starting yesterday from the day we're doing the podcast until August 26th. Send your design through Marvel's Facebook page. Follow the instructions. There's a design kit. No limit on submissions. And then the top five designs will be chosen by Marvel. And then fans can vote by August 29th. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Ryan. I heard Blake mentioned Pinterest in there. Haven't we gotten into the Pinterest game? We sure have, Ben. If you go to Pinterest.com slash Marvel Official... Because someone already had Marvel. And we have a whole bunch of boards up there. We're putting up different stuff than we would put up on Tumblr or Twitter or Facebook. We're trying to mix it up and make sure that we're using the different social networks in different ways and having some fun with it. We've been putting stuff up, but we just let people know about it. So check it out. Follow us. Repin us. Like us. Do all that stuff that you crazy Pinterest kids are doing these days. And we'll keep at it. And if you're listening, Pinterest user as Marvel, there's a reckoning coming. There's no reckoning coming. (laughs) There's a reckoning coming for me and Blake. Speaking of reckonings on social media, we did have some stuff going on with Instagram. If you guys were following a Marvel Comics on Instagram who said they were official, they are not. And we will hopefully have an official Marvel Instagram in the future, but yeah. Someone saying that they're official doesn't actually mean they're official. You have to see Unless it. Unless it's us. Yeah. Well, but we would put it on our website right. or some such. They got reckoned. Yeah. With. <laughs> All right. Strami, why don't you give us some more news for the week? Hello, hello, hello again. Once again, this week in Marvelites. This is Marvel.com assistant Mark Strom returning to you once again from Los Angeles. Hopefully... Those hooligans in New York did not disparage me too much during the recent bit. But we've got some big Marvel movie news, which is namely that Joss Whedon, the director of Marvel's The Avengers, will be returning to write and direct Marvel's The Avengers 2. And this basically means that Jaws has signed an exclusive deal with Marvel Studios for film and television through the end of 2015, so for the next three years. As part of this deal, Whedon will write and direct Marvel's The Avengers 2, as well as help to develop a new live-action series for Marvel Television at ABC, and he will also contribute creatively to the next phase of Marvel's Samac Universe. And the next phase that we're referring to, of course, is, you know, phase one was the first six films, Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America, the First Avenger, and Marvel.
Marvel's The Avengers. And Phase 2 is everything we've got coming up, which includes Iron Man 3 on May 3rd, 2013, Thor The Dark World on November 8th, 2013, Captain America The Winter Soldier on April 4th, 2014, Guardians of the Galaxy on August 1st, 2014, Ant-Man, which will be directed by Edgar Wright, but does not have a release date as yet, and now... Jaws Whedon's Marvel is the Avengers 2, which also does not have a release date as yet. But of course, stay tuned to Marvel.com for all things Avengers, all things Jaws Whedon and Avengers, all things Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase 2. And in other news, jumping from movies to games, we announced that a new game called Marvel War of Heroes will be coming to iOS and Android devices this fall. And what this is, is it is a mobile battle card game that should be very fun. It features an original storyline and features art from the Marvel comics with some of the most iconic images of the heroes that you know and love. You know, we've shown off a few cards that will be featured in the game. We've got Marco Djurjevic, Thor. We've got Eddie Granov, Iron Man. Eddie Granov, Black Widow. Storm by Phil Jimenez. You can check out all of that on Marvel.com and get some more info. You can also get more info at Facebook.com forward slash Mobage, which is M-O-B-A-G-E. And you can pre-register for the game at www.mobage.com slash Marvel. Again, that's Mobage, M-O-B-A-G-E dot com slash Marvel. And... Once you pre-register, once Marvel War of Heroes becomes available this fall, you will receive an exclusive wallpaper and a rare card that you'll be able to use when playing War of Heroes. That pretty much covers everything for news in this week in Marvel. So again, I'll shoot you back to New York. I thank you once more for listening. I bid you adieu, and I will speak to you all again next week. Well, Stromy just dropped some news knowledge bombs. Stromy's a little off the hook this week. I, I'd like to apologize for in, anyone who's offended. Incredible, as they say in Stromy's town. Now, right. before we get to questions, <gasps> we've got to go once again to everyone's true favorite segment. But Garris hosting What is Tom Brennan at Brennanator on Twitter? crying about this week. Blake? Tom is crying about him sucking at bingo. <gasps> That's true. Tom did not do well in a bingo game this past week. So, please send your tweets to at Brennanator, spelled B-R-E-N-N-A-N-A-T-O-R and please console Tom about his bingo loss. You know, shout out to him and we'll be back next week with more What's Tom Brennan Crying About? Yeah, poor Tom. Poor, poor Tom. All right, now we're going to go over to your questions and comments. Again, if you have any questions and comments about Marvel or This Week in Marvel, you can send them to us using the hashtag This Week in Marvel. You can also send them to at Agent underscore M, at Ben J. Morse, at Stromy, or at Blake Garris. Diving right into it. The first couple are from at Wrath Starblade. Aaron tweets, are there any openly atheist superheroes in the Marvel Universe? There definitely have to be. I think the most notable atheist superhero in the Marvel Universe is Hank Pym. 
aka oh, yeah, yeah. Yellow Jacket, Ant Man, Giant Man, etc. You know, he's a guy who believes in science. So anything he can't explain with science, he's not into. So he's never really adhered to the spiritual side of things. Made for some interesting stories back in the day in Avengers West Coast when he was involved with Firebird, who is deeply Catholic. And I think it's come up as recently as Mighty Avengers and Avengers Academy and his relationship with Tigra. But I would imagine a lot of the more science-oriented heroes might tend that way, but the one I know who stands out who's spoken about it is Hank Pym. Another one from Atrath Starblade. Can you recommend any good comics featuring Beast? Hashtag oh my stars and garters. I love that catchphrase. That's so good. Beast is an interesting case. I've actually been, been thinking about this recently. He's such a good character. He's such a strong, interesting character, but he's never really gotten that solo run. He's so good as part of a team. He yeah. plays off other people so well. But I would recommend any of the old school Avengers stories he was in. Those are fantastic. He really shined in Grant Morrison's X-Men. Yes. His new X-Men. Actually, I was recently reading a New Defenders trade. He's very good in New Defenders. He's the leader of the team, hmm. so he excels there. So, any of that stuff, but a lot of good stuff. There's a Spider-Man story in the adjectiveless Spider-Man run from the 90s, shortly after Todd McFarlane left, I'm pretty sure it's a, an Eric Larson story. It's Spidey to... and Beast, and it's really great. There's that. There's some Wonder Man and Beast stuff. There's a, a fun Wonder Man Beast limited series. There's bits and pieces out there. But like Ben was saying, he, he really works best as part of an ensemble there was, and working off There others. was also, I don't know if you remember this, in the 90s when they had the Spider-Man newspaper strip had the story with... You don't know about this? All right, Spider-Man newspaper strip had a story with Beast that crossed over with the comics. So what happened was you'd buy this one-shot. I think it was called Spider-Man Mutant Agenda. So you bought this comic that had like a 10-page story, and then it just had spots for you to paste in comic strips. And then... I think another bookend came out on the other end. But I just remember it because I tried to do it for a little while, but there was no good way for me, because I was just terrible with this, to paste in these comics. I was trying to use glue sticks. I may have used hot glue at one point. Whatever I did, like, all the pages stuck together. It destroyed this comic. I still have it somewhere. The pages are, like, rock hard. Like, it's just a mess. But it was also one of those deals where it's like, you know, you would read the first ten pages, you're like, oh, what happens next? And then you have the Spider-Man newspaper strip where it takes, like, four weeks for someone to walk across a room so <laughs> it was a little bit of a culture shock but it was a cool idea it was neat the 90s am I right yeah, yeah. alright at Venom 3187 tweets AVX has been great can't wait to see the Avengers do a come from behind victory also loving the podcast Brandon who's to say that they will have a come from behind victory we'll see TBD at Rag Defender 2 tweets, AVX9 is amazing. Best issue yet. Love to talk about it, but don't want to spoil everybody. Thank you, Carla. Yeah, I think AVX number 9 was probably the best issue yet. It was really good. Yeah. Got a few from at ImmortalThor99, Chris Vaughn, who first wants to know any chance for playable villains in Avengers Alliance. Chris, I don't remember seeing any villains on the character list. That's not to say that that's out of the question, but the whole point of Avengers Alliance is S.H.I.E.L.D. is working with the Avengers to battle this big threat. So the story really wouldn't work if you had 
villains in the playable worlds because you're working for Nick Fury, teaming up with other Avengers, other heroes to battle the villains who are all powered up by the ISO. So from a story point, it wouldn't work. We want to make sure that the story works hand in hand with the gameplay. Okay, we've got a three-part tweet also on Avengers Alliance from Chris Vaughn. I'm going to try to make sense of this and hopefully you can answer it. Gah! Why in Avengers Alliance does it not keep up with tasks? I just finished Task 24, Defeat Juggernaut, which I've already done twice before, and then I defeated Hidden Boss Mystique again, and after getting three stars in... The gist is Chris is frustrated because it's not keeping track of his tasks, I'm assuming, in the spec up? Well, when you defeat Juggernaut before you have the juggernaut task it doesn't really count so you know it's really when you come up to a task in spec up it looks at what you are doing from that point on so i think where i am in spec up i maybe i have to defeat juggernaut i think i'm at the same similar place to where you are chris i've already beaten juggernaut once but I have to beat them again during the period where I'm doing this task. And that's just, that's the way it goes because then it's too easy if they make it so, you know, once you've done this thing at any point in Spec Op, you know, whatever, whatever. To be honest, I think this Spec Op has been much more successful, much better, much more engaging, and the way they've done it has been a lot more fun than the first Spec Op. So while it can be a little frustrating since you have to do things a couple times, you're probably going to do those things a couple times anyway, knowing the way most of us play Avengers Alliance. You want to get five stars, you want to get as many of the special weapons and all the points and everything that you can, so, you know... I imagine, Chris, you'll nail it and get Emma Frost soon. I hope to get her by next week at the latest. It's going to be hard going on vacation. Are you I know. No. Thought about this? I'm not bringing my, my laptop. I'm only bringing my iPad. So I'm going to use my in-law's computer just to log on every day, get my ISO, mm. send off my people for deployments, right. and then not play. Well, good luck to you. I know, but I'll have so many ISOs by the time <laughs> I come back. It'll be great. At DJ Bochicchio. Kikio. Bochicchio. Spider-Man versus the Rasputins will go down as one of Spidey's most memorable battles. That's what makes the Avengers Hall of Fame. Once again, referring to Avengers vs. X-Men number 9. Fantastic issue. Agreed. Over at DZWiza. Doug Zawiza, I believe it's pronounced. Yeah. So I'm watching DDR Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes with the Kids. Where's the Agents of Atlas love? Hashtag missed opportunity. Doug, there's only so many episodes that can be done. There's so many characters on Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes. There are 8,000 characters in Marvel continuity. Because the Agents of Atlas don't show up doesn't mean that they couldn't show up in a show at some point. Yeah, that said, they would be cool. They would be cool, but I think in the list of characters I'd want to see, I don't know that Agents of Atlas would be above some of the others that we haven't seen yet. Again, there's so many characters. So many characters. So many characters. And I'm going to finish off my reading portion of this for now with at, ooh, this is clever, at Barbie Doll but spelled B-A-R-B-E-Y-D-A-L. Uh, Flirtessa Williams says, hashtag AVX podcast specials are everything right now. Yeah. And yeah. What can you say? Pop, pop. At Seasick Fish tweets, how often will Uncanny Avengers and all new X-Men come out? Trying to decide whether I can afford a subscription. To the best of my knowledge, Uncanny Avengers is monthly. All new X-Men will be out twice a month. So make your decision. Decide to get them both. 
If you go to subscriptions.marvel.com, you can hopefully find ways to save some money on your comics if you want. I mean, we want you to support your local retailer as much as you can, but we know that financial concerns are always there. So hopefully you'll be able to get what you like in one way or another. And also, digital comics, eventually books get reduced in price after a while, so hopefully you can get them that way as well. At HWView tweets to Nick and Ben, Nick, you were right. Just wanted to know if for Psych or Logan, because you went back and forth. So, which side that Nick is? Oh, if he's a Cyclops or a Logan supporter. In AVX, because he says, in the latest AVX recap, Tom was fully on the Avengers side. Just wanted to clear it up. Direct back. Alright, going back to the well. The Nick Lowe well. One more time. Pulling Nick Lowe out of his talky-talky-talky bits in his office every episode now. Doing some actual work. It's doing actual work. Unacceptable. All right, Nick Lowe. Yo, yo, just listen to some Phil Collins in my office, you know, yeah. Susu Studio. Oh, nice. Yeah. We're going to sing something else, but Susu Studio works. Yeah. yeah. Listen, Nick, you remember, what we got? you remember last week when HWU said you weren't clear about what side you're on? Eventually yeah. Sex? Well, we had some yeah. clarification this week. He said, Nick, you were right. Just wanted to know if you were for Cyclops or Logan because you went back and forth while Tom was fully on the Avengers side. So he's basically saying Tom is consistent. You are wildly inconsistent. <laughs> well, that is because the Avengers are like vanilla ice cream. There's like there's only really one side to vanilla ice cream, right? Whereas if you talk about something a little more complex, like a rocky road, perhaps there are all kinds of things you can like. So when you're asking, you know, it's, it's like this. What's this person's name again? H W View Haywood H- W. Yep. HWView, it's like asking me what I like best in Rocky Road. Is it the chocolate? It's a fair question. Is it the marshmallows? Is it the vanilla ice cream? There are marshmallows in Rocky Road, right? Yeah, there's marshmallows. I don't know if there's vanilla. No. There's nuts, I think. What's, I think vanilla is the base, right? Or is it chocolate? Chocolate. Chocolate. Your knowledge of Rocky Road is slowly <laughs> falling apart. Nick Lowe, stop dodging the question with your ice cream references. But I still don't like. Does he mean right now in AVX? Yeah. Does he mean no right back now in AVX? Skins? Right, right now in AVX. It's hashtag AVX, Nick. You can only what dance for so out? long. <laughs> we <laughs> just, we just issue number nine. nine just came out. Where issue, Spider-Man got beat up. Yeah, issue number nine. I am very concerned for Cyclops' mental well-being and Emma Frost's mental well-being and obviously Colossus and, and Magic. A lot of stuff going down there. Yeah. I would say with all this stuff going on, I'm more on Wolverine's side at really? this point. But I still blame the Avengers for all this. <laughs> well, I you firmly, are consistent with I that. I firmly blame the Avengers. None of the stuff that's happening right now would have happened if it weren't for the Avengers sticking their mitts into the... Like, like um, what's the... I'm, here's something else. I don't really know what I'm talking about as I begin it, but here we go. It's like the kid who puts his thumb in the pie. You know what I'm talking about? There's like an old nursery rhyme. Are you talking about the kid who puts his thumb in the dike to prevent the flood? No, no. 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 <laughs> I was it's reaching. Like this kid going around like like sticking his thumb oh. in the pie and trying it. There's this. I'm gonna look this up and I'm gonna come back. All right. Nick, okay. you're always welcome. Thank you for the answer. We're gonna have you back on ABX podcast next week. See, you is that a will? Well. Is that a will see? We'll or see. Definitely. We'll see. <laughs> All right. If I can fit into my busy, busy schedule. All right, Nick. Go back All to your phone. Telling your interns I, what to do. Sounds good. Thank you, Nick. Bye, Nick just broke the door. Nick just broke the door. Somebody oh, broke it. Oh, God. Dude, Nick, don't let it go. Here we go. Oh, God. Holy crap. I just came out. Oh, my God. Nick Lowe, destroyer of worlds and doors. How did you even do that? I just...
normal human hand not turn. I guess you don't know your own strength. It's true. See? <laughs> all right. Fixed it. Nick Lowe, fixer of worlds. Very good. Right? All right. Okay. All fixed. That's oh. what they can do off and lock you in Be careful. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> so that happened. happened. All right. All right. Recover. We're getting back to the Gather. swing of things. Gather. All right. So thank you to Marvel Comics Senior Editor Nick Lowe for that. Alright, so at JMan15393 tweets, thinking of dropping one of my DC titles to pick up a Marvel now when it comes out, but can only get on one. Which should I get? Ah, oh, man. It's like, we haven't, not even out yet. It's we can't, and we haven't, in. I mean, it's, it goes back to what we always say. What, what characters, like. what kind of stories do you like? I think you should really read the interviews and the articles that we're producing because they yes. give you a lot of insight into what types of stories you'll get from these books. The Thor book will be vastly different from the Deadpool book, which will be vastly different from the Captain America book, which will be vastly different from the Avengers mm-hmm. or the Fantastic mm-hmm. Four. You know, everyone is going to have its own look and feel, and that should inform your decision. And we can't really easily say which one. So we really, we're putting out these articles. Ben is working really hard to get all these interviews together so that you guys can make informed decisions about what comics you want to read and and really get excited about these books because we're freaking excited about them. Mm. We want you to be as well. Good answer. That said, if any of the writers of Marvel Now or editors want to line our pockets to recommend their books, we're not adverse to that. No. So, you know, come, you know where to find us. Yes. Another one from Ed Jman15393. He tweets, When does Marvel now hit stores? It begins, Ben? October with Uncanny Avengers number one, and then we'll continue on every month after that. Ba bam. We've got at W Bandoy, J Bandoy, two things. Only one AVX title this week? And why does Spidey hijack variants for Captain Marvel and Hawkeye? Yeah, there is only one AVX title this week. It happens. It's okay. We're kind of winding down the crossovers. A lot of the books that were crossing under every AVX, like X-Men Legacy and Avengers Academy, have cycled through their stories, so now they're going back to doing their own thing. But, you know, there's still plenty of AVX for you out there. And as far as the Spider-Man variants on Captain Marvel and Hawkeye, it's Spider-Man's 50th anniversary. So we're celebrating by putting variants on different books. You certainly don't have to pick up those variants. That's just for fun and, you know, a way to enjoy some good comics with some cool covers. But, you know, no one's forcing you. Yeah. At Uncanny. Uncanny Joe. We've got a series from Uncanny Joe. Listen to every episode of This Week in Marvel, but it only began when you were on 34. It's not right to send in questions until I was current. This Week in Marvel is the greatest podcast ever. I agree. And it has made bus journeys and dog walks so much more interesting. Hashtag lost without you. Aww. That's what we're going for. Blake, isn't that what you aim to do? Make dog walks more interesting? I love that song, too. Yeah, yeah, you do. More from Uncanny Joe. Desperate for Executioner's song, but not on MDCU, and collection is about 40 pounds too expensive, so he is in Europe. Please put on MDCU at This Week in Marvel Crew. Executioner's song on Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited. Some of the issues are on there, just not the entire thing. With the big anniversary coming up this fall and the trade coming out. Surely we have to. Wait, there's definitely a trade coming out? Yeah, the trade is coming out this fall. So when we get the trade up, you know, we'll, we'll get back to you. But there'll be more ways to re-execution your song, which everyone should do at least once in their life. Real talk. At Uncanny Joe, glanced at MDCU, shocked to find AVX number nine and Versus number two. So happy, but they didn't work. It said I'm not a subscriber, but I am. That, that was a glitch. That had to be a glitch. Yeah. They, they wouldn't have been on there. Sorry, Joe. That's just yeah. system. You'll get there eventually. They'll, they'll be up at some point, but there's other ways to read those. Blame Loki. 
<laughs> and Uncanny Joe, speaking about the all-winner squad cartoon. Pace Pop Pete is Ben J. Morris. Congratulations on a stellar performance. Proud, I guess it was you before the credits rolled. But did you guess that Walrus was Blake Garris? Because he was in an even more stellar performance. We played ourselves. We did. We basically played heightened versions of ourselves. I was a annoying middle management guy, <laughs> and Blake was a husky trucker who wanted to eat. That's us. That's us in a nutshell. But hey, thanks for the compliment, I guess. Is that a compliment? If we did well doing those characters? Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Why not? At Uncanny Joe, last week someone asked who wins Shang-Chi or Iron Fist, but Wolverine beat Fist in sparring minus powers in New Avengers number 7, volume 2. That's a whole different uh, kettle of fish. Wolverine is 180 years old or some odd. At least. He is a master of numerous martial arts of his own, plus brawling, street fighting, and just beating the hell out of people. So, you know, it's like we were saying. These guys can go back and forth. I'm sure Iron Fist would win a bunch more fights that we haven't seen yet. So it's going to go back and forth with a lot of these amazing fighters. You know what Wolverine's not? What? The master of kung fu. It's true. It's true. At Uncanny Joe, wondering who you thought was the most powerful of the Phoenix Five before the phenomenon, I'd say Colossus Knot, hands down. Before they got the Phoenix Five powers? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, oh, phenomenon. Phenomenon? I think this is a term he coined to describe when they got Phoenix powers. Who's the most powerful before they got the Phoenix powers? Yeah. I mean, if you're talking about pure... Strength. It's definitely Colossus, but they each have their own, right. you know, powerful things. We've talked about this before. Cyclops can blast a mountain, yeah. you know, with his optic blast. Emma Frost can turn it to diamond, which is one of the hardest substances right. known. I think Emma Frost may have the edge just because she's got both the physical diamond power and also the mental power. But she can't use them at the same time, sure so she, she can, but she can punch you really hard, and as you're she's reeling, versatile. she can... Then magic, you know, she's got teleportation, but she's also a master of a whole dimension. Yeah. Namor may get the short end of the stick. Poor Namor. I don't think Namor is the most powerful. I'll go on the record and say that. Namor's pretty powerful. He's the sexiest. He's definitely the dead sexiest. Yeah. So there's an argument to be made forever. I would personally say Emma Frost. Yeah. Finally, from Matt Uncanny Joe, agree with Agent M about Doctor Who. I've watched every episode since relaunch. The best. Who's your fave baddie? Mine, the master. Yeah, the master has been incredible on the show. You know, but there's so many great villains. It's tough to pick. These two over here, particularly Blake, is just grinning like a fool. Ugh. Just happy to be on another episode of the Doctor Who cast. This yeah. weekend, Doctor Who. Yeah. I, I would love to host a Doctor Who podcast. BBC America, if you're listening, hire this guy. And I'm sure they are. Yeah. Actually, I have a friend who works at BBC America. He's, Does he listen to the show? He might. He loves our comics, so... Nice. Possibly. You could also just tell him to hire you. I know. You don't need to ask through podcasts. I've got enough stuff to do. All right. What were you going to say, Blake? Well, I was wondering where he went to medical school. Doctor Who? Yeah. That's a good question. All right. Off to <laughs> at X-Force Josh. Blake is so pleased with himself right now. You have to see. <laughs> at X-Force Josh tweets, my twin this week is Daredevil number 16. Seeing Hank Pym and Matt Murdock trade memories was great stuff. Hashtag newfound respect. That's a great issue. Yeah. It's a great Hank Pym issue. Oh. Ah, blah, blah. I'm going to be away next week, but I just put Daredevil number 17 on my iPad to read uh, while I'm on the trip so I can be ready for next week. Psyched! Alright, another one from X-Force Josh. Defenders 9 was another great book this week. I love that Namor was replaced by Black Cat. The team has a fun dynamic. Yeah, they're a, good, they're a cool, cool yeah. group of characters. I like 
Not like have an old school Nick Fury in there. There's all apologies. Ryan's iced coffee just came to life. Yeah. The straw started moving on its own. It's getting antsy. It's gonna happen sooner or later. We better keep going. All right. At PCE underscore dead meat. Hey, I'm back. Welcome back, Ollie. Been in traction following your encouraging me to web swing. So what have I missed on Podcast 26? We did not encourage you to web swing. We would never. We discourage you from web swinging week after week. Shame on you, Ollie. Shame on you. You're still on Podcast 26? Catch up, dude. We're on like... What are we on? 41. 41. Holy crap. Get up there, man. At Laser Mountain Monster, oh man, Hawkeye number one for the win, Twim of the Week. I, I'm surprised it took us that long to get to someone talking Is about Hawkeye. Crazy Hawkeye? Yeah. Well, Pizza dog. There you go. <laughs> At Laser Mountain Monster, future science questions should be answered exclusively by Dr. Nemesis. He'll put his science in all of us. I want him to put his science in all of us right now. At Laser Mountain Monster, super stoked about this chimichanga promo I keep seeing. We need lots of chimichangas, truckloads. Well, Patrick Monster, if you've been paying attention, you now know that the Marvel Now chimichanga promotion was for the new Deadpool series written by Brian Posehn and Jerry Duggan with art by Tony Moore. And I can only imagine they will have lots of chimichangas and other Mexican delicacies in that book. At Prophet 118 I'm doing my dissertation on Marvel Comics being turned into films and how true they stick to the original comics. Do you feel the films have the same morals and intention as the original comics? Yeah, they have to. That's what makes yeah, them... That's the goal. Yeah, you know, they, the characters are who they are because of the, the comics, and that, that is transported and, and adapted into film, and things have to be changed based on, you know, just different medium. But yeah, that, I think they stick very true in, in many cases, and when they veer off, it's often for a good reason, and it works for the story and works for the medium. Bam. Bam! Good luck on your dissertation. My wife did her dissertation, and it was... It's tough. Those writing those long papers are crazy. All right, we're into the Robert Nolan portion of the podcast. At Ref Gemlin tweets, AVX special was good fun, as always. Going to miss Tom Brevoort and Nick Lowe banter after the run ends. Hopefully we'll find a way to... Have them on yeah. more after the AVX. There must be a way. If they can still stand each other. It's yeah. fraying every time. Blake doesn't even come to the podcast anymore. That's me and Kristen, who's much better, by the way. All right, Ben Morse had tweeted, just cracked up his wife with my spot-on impression of Miley Cyrus. I'm the best. I didn't really give you a tweet that justice, but no. Ref Gemlin says, please do this on the next podcast. Go. I can't. I can't just, I can't just bust it out like that. Yeah, you can. Mm-hmm. Key is you have to sound like you have a cold. So you're like, oh, hey guys, but I don't know what you gotta she. Be, you got to be in the moment. I was really, it was of a moment. I'll practice. I'll come back next week. So I think, Blake, you look so upset, man. I don't think she likes funny stuff, man. Who doesn't like funny stuff? Your wife, because that. What are you talking about? Didn't even tell me. Like that wasn't Molly it, man. Cyrus. That wasn't my. I didn't get it right there. I'm on the spot. I need to. I don't know what this Miley Cyrus sounds like, but let's yeah. keep moving along. At Rev Gilman. Tweets, question, I can't seem to access Marvel XP via Avengers Alliance. Is it just me or is it down under maintenance? Robert, I'm not sure. Tweet me without the hashtag and I'll try and help you out because I'm not sure. But I'll look into it for you. Another one from at Ref Gimlin. Can you confirm to fight Mystique in the final spec op you need Phoenix, Colossus, and Wanda? With these, you even if you don't have the characters for the, the special boss fights or the mini boss fights, they usually give you access to them to get through the fight. They don't want to limit you. It's in the case of deployments. If you don't have a character, you can't do that specific deployment. But uh, I'm pretty sure. 
But I, I have all the characters, so I don't think you're going to have a problem. You should be able to fight Mystique no matter what. At Rocky Walls. Hashtag Sabretooth is a jerk. He is. Retweeting you saying, beating up on Sabretooth and Avengers Alliance before recording this week in Marvel Podcast episode 40. When I initially read this tweet, I was wondering how Rocky Walls was recording with us, but now I see, and it is all clear to me. Science. At Wolf Knight 26, Ryan Putney. I was a bit hurt by Blake Garrett's comment about Doctor Who, but I will forgive him since he is cool and funny. Cool and funny. You should there put you, that on a, uh, like go, a Blake, sign. You got Ryan's forgiveness, just like you've been waiting for. It's like in the 80s when Eddie Murphy wore leather. That's you? Apparently. <laughs> At Wolf Knight 26, Ben J. Moore should accept Agent M's challenge and watch the first season of the relaunch Doctor Who. I'm going to. I'm going to accept, I'll officially Boom. say here, I accept the challenge. I don't know if I'm going to get to it now, next week, 2013. What are you pointing you gotta out? you got to watch my show first. You already showed it. The Blake Garris show? Yeah. The Blake Garris. The Wire. Program. I'm watching The Wire. I'm watching the, I can do both. I can do both. I can, try to watch, I, can, I can do both at the same time. I'm watching a lot of stuff. I got a lot of free time. <laughs> My wife works three nights a week. I need something to do. At Wolf Night 26, at age now, my respect for you has risen for trying, and I hope you enjoy the wrestling as you catch up. He's impressed that you're trying to catch up on wrestling. I'm trying. There's He's a lot of wrestling every week. You're sitting in front of your TV watching wrestling. There is seven, hours, seven of hours of new, new wrestling stuff. to watch every week. I freaking don't insane. know how to do it. Every Monday, I'm just like, I'm looking down the barrel of another three-hour Raw. <laughs> Can I make it? I did last night, but I don't know. At Wolfnet26, can't wait for the Avengers movie to come out on DVD in September. So going to buy it on release date. Awesome. You can pre-order it on Amazon or the Marvel Shop, a whole bunch of different places. I think on the Marvel Shop, there's a way to pre-order, and you get free lithographs, which is awesome. Another one from Ryan. You guys are getting close to your 50th episode. How excited are you getting? Super psyched. That's the, until that point, I hadn't really thought about it. I think about it all the time because I've tasked Blake with making it an enhanced podcast episode for number 50. I just heard of this right now. I've <laughs> asked you to do this before. We've talked about it. This is happening on the air. Well, regardless, it's going to be something cool. You know, maybe we'll some, have some guests. We should have a bunch of people just record, like, bumpers, and that should be the whole episode. People saying congratulations, like they do. I don't know. It's going to be a pattern a lot, like Raw 1000 from a couple weeks ago. So it'll be three hours. It'll have lots of names from the past, and CM Punk will be in the main event. At Wolf Knight 26 I wish I had a million dollars to donate to you guys so you could have the podcast be a video podcast. We do need roughly a million dollars to do a video podcast, yep. so if you can get that money together... Just send it to uh, me. Just get it right to us. To my PayPal, which um, is money at money.money. Yep. Just get it right over here, and then we may need more. I don't know how much it takes to do a video podcast. At least a million dollars. Yeah, totally. Do you really want to see the three of us all schlubby on a Tuesday or Wednesday in the middle of the week? Blake does. <laughs> I think people enjoy it. But I more think we need the million dollars. Finally, from at Wolf Knight 26, this week in Marvel is the best in the world at what it does. Hope you got the wrestling reference I just made there. Ryan, I did. At Oak 
Mid tweets to me, what is the top of your stack every week to read first? Sal, that changes week to week. It really depends on what the books are coming out. I think for the stack that we had for this week, Spider-Man was top, then Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe, then Space Punisher, then New Avengers, I think. I can't remember. That was a bunch of days ago. I think it was Spider-Man for me as well. I know Avengers Assemble was up there. New Avengers was up there. Mighty Thor was up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just whatever looks cool and that I like that's coming out that week. Back in the day, I used to read the comic I was most looking forward to last. I would work my way through the stuff that I was excited to read to the stuff that I just couldn't handle and I just wanted to read, but I was building it up. This way I just get my favorites out of the way right away. You know, I will say the one comic that trumps whenever it comes out, I always read... Dan Slott's Amazing Spider-Man first when it comes out. I don't know why. I don't. I don't know why. I just do. Because it's alphabetically usually the first. No. Nope. It's not it. All right. Another one from Matt Okermids says, "Can I get a shout out to my family? They think I'm famous for being read on your show. Say hi to Marta, Rosanna, Jasmine, and Tyler. Hey hi guys. guys. Hello. At Dr. Spidey tweets, any plans of a new Captain Marvel skin for Avengers Alliance? Because that would be rad. It would be rad. Scott, I totally agree with you. And I can't say for sure because they have so much content being prepped for Avengers Alliance. But I imagine that would be a good bet somewhere down the line. Another one from Dr. Spidey. Achievement unlocked. Having Blake Garris mention me and my ortho practice on latest episode of This Week in Marvel podcast. Charisma plus 20. Does he get the 20 or do I get the 20? It's charisma. You already have plenty of charisma. <laughs> no. <laughs> You're, no. You take it. <laughs> more. Yeah. More here. Dr. Underscore Spidey tweets, I had my daughters and wife listen to the shout-out I received on This Week in Marvel when I finally achieved rock star status in my family. Excellent. Another one from Scott. Word on the street is that Blake Garris has straight teeth, but if he ever needs future orthodontics, it's free, son. Okay. What, what word on the street is he getting? Look at those crooked, jagged the little thing, things. It's funny. No, they're straight. I stopped wearing my retainer because I lost it, so I'll see you soon. <laughs> <laughs> At Simon Sebs, my twins of the week are Avenging Spider-Man and Ultimate Comics Spider-Man. Hashtag This Week in Marvel. Which, of course, is there, because otherwise we wouldn't have been reading it. Exactly. I like the character Robin Hood. I hope Dan Slott gets to use her in Amazing Spider-Man. She could show up anywhere. She wouldn't necessarily just need to be in Spidey, though. She's a great character that could find a place in other books. At Simon Sebs also says, Do all Marvel employees get free copies of the comics? Nope. Some do, some don't. I think we've talked about this before. There are different levels of comics that are given out. Some folks just get Marvel books. Some folks, like myself, get Marvel books and Marvel trades. Some folks, like John Cirilli, our overlord, gets Marvel comics, Marvel trades, and DC comics. Which just sit in his office and... I take all his... I take whatever I want from his office and read what I want. He never notices. And bring it back. And he's like, oh, look at that big stack of books you read. No. Okay. It's great. At Dirty Lash. Wow, my new comeback will be hashtag your wife drinks water with bubbles thanks to you, Blake Garris. Boom! Blake Garris, making a difference. I love this that. Is a, this is a big week yeah, for you. you did a great job. Good job. Another one from at Dirty Lash. Now everyone knows being British is cool thanks to Doctor Who and the Olympics. When will we get another comic series set in the UK like Excalibur or MI13? Nothing immediate on the horizon, but those characters are certainly still out there. There's a lot of love for them, so we'll see. Yeah. 
And finally, at Swagpool, Twim of the Week is Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe. I wish it was in the 616. So you, well, yeah, you don't want to read comics anymore, I yeah, guess. We would have to kill everybody. Great. Thanks, Swagpool. TM. Trademark. Trademark. Blake is still investigating. Yeah, he's working on that. All right. Thank you to the interns. Thank you to Ben. Thank you to Blake. Thank you to Strami. And thank you, most of all, to everybody who listened and commented on this episode. We will see you next week. I'm going to go to Louisiana and maybe eat some gator. See you later. This is Marvel, your universe.